0: Hello, I'm Maggie Rose and these are Tales from Here Beyond. This is a fantasy podcast of stories which will take you far away to other worlds to help you sleep, to help you relax or just to leave this world for a short while. These are episodes that can be listened to in any order at any time or you can listen to them in order and let the stories and the mysteries of the world unravel as you go. This series is called The Moonless World, in a land of mountains and moors and mysterious lakes, in a time before the stars, where the only light was the moon and her gentle glow, and how one day she suddenly disappears and leaves the world in darkness and fear. So settle in, get comfortable, and come with me on a tale from here beyond. The Fisher and the Fire One day, a fisher decided that the lake from which she fished did not have enough fish and had too many fisherfolk, so she decided she must move. She had heard that there were some lakes a few miles south which had plenty of fish and not so many fisherfolk, so she packed her things, kissed her mother farewell, and left the hovel to set off to find this lake. The first lake she came to was full of slime and an algae which glowed in the dark and moonless sky. It was no good. The second lake she came to was barely a lake, more of a pond. She knelt to the ground with her lantern and the fish seemed small and bedraggled too. It was no good. Then she came to the third lake. This seemed like a good lake. It was vast, and when she brought her light close, she could see plenty of fish wriggling about its waters. But better than anything else, there were no other fisherfolk. So she rented a small hut close to the shore, and she began her business. She found she could catch many, many fish, and had no competition with other fisherfolk, for they did not seem to know about the lake. She took her fish to local markets and became well known for her tasty catches. Eventually, the fisher was rich enough to build her own house, which sat proud by the lake. She invited her mother to live with her in this beautiful house, away from the hovel, and she went out every day and laid her nets and sat with her rod and she caught bigger and bigger fish. One day, at the market, a man stopped by her stall. He spent a long time scrutinising her fish and did not say a word. She did not mind, for she thought he was beautiful. After a while, he raised his head, and he smiled, and he bought two fish from her. She felt a tingle of glee spread throughout herself, which she felt for the rest of the day and all the way home. A bead of excitement grew in her for the next market, and the next time she might meet the man. Sure enough, the same time at the next market, the beautiful man came to her stall and inspected her fish once more. This time, when he raised his head, he said, "'You're a remarkable fisher.' and he bought four more fish from her. She felt the tingle of glee grow into something even greater. The third market, he came to a stall once again, and he asked if he could cook for her, for he was talented at cooking, and he was sure she must be sick of fish. She laughed and agreed. That night he cooked her a glorious meal, and the fisher felt her heart grow three sizes larger. At the end of the night, he asked for her hand in marriage, and the fisher, who knew at once that she was in love with him, agreed. He told her that he would not be at the next market, for he had to travel to visit a relative, but that he would see her again soon, and they would be wed after then. So the fisher held on to her excitement to see him again, for travelling was dangerous, and she feared that her eagerness to see him again would bewitch their next meeting, or worse. So she went to the next market as normal. Many people came to purchase her fish, but she noticed that one man lingered to the side. He was cloaked and wore his hood very low over his face. Ho there! the fisher shouted at him. He tugged his hood lower and turned as though he had not heard her, but she knew he had. Later in the day, a nervous-looking woman who came to her stall asked her where the fisher fished. The fisher had never told anyone about her lake before, and she was not going to now. This seemed very suspicious, so she told the woman that she would not impart such information and to be on her way. The woman left with relief and seemed to shuffle away in the same direction from which that hooded figure later appeared. After the market ended, the fisher closed her stall quickly and threw her boxes in her carriage before she could be followed, for something about the hooded figure brought a stab of fear in her heart. After a few days of fishing as normal, however, she forgot about that fear, and her excitement to see the beautiful man rose once again. So when she arrived at the market and found a note addressed to her saying that he had been delayed at his relatives, but would be back the week after instead, she was very sad. But she got on with her day. It was busy, as usual, and once again she noticed a hooded figure watching. More people asked her where she fished. She turned them all away and guarded the location as she always had done. The hooded figure seemed to be joined by more figures, who all seemed to be in deep discussion at various points in the day. But the fisher was too busy serving customers to investigate further. That night, she packed quickly once again, hoping to keep the hooded figures from following her. On the journey back, she found a great tree had fallen across the road and she was forced to stop and find a way to move it. Before she could get close, however, one of the hooded figures jumped out from the tree line. Tell us where you fish, he said, for we cannot find the lake. The fisher shook her head. Who are you? she demanded. Another hooded figure slinked out from the darkness of the tree's "'We are fisher folk who also deserve to use the lake, "'and if you do not tell us where it is, "'then we shall gut you like your fish.' "'The fisher knew this was not an empty threat. "'Fish around the kingdom were getting rarer and rarer, "'and fisher folk were getting more and more desperate. "'So she ran. "'She left her carriage and her boxes of goods "'and she ran into the darkness of the woods to escape them. "'It was hours later, scratched and bruised and tired.' but alive and still with the secret of her lake, she made it home to her mother who worried and doted over her. The fisher was too afraid to go to the market the next week, for she did not know what the fisher folk could do, so she fished all week instead and hoped that her beautiful man would find her. But the weeks passed and kept passing and she was still too afraid to go to the market and her beautiful man could not find her. One day, as she was taking her fishing equipment to the lake, she heard a rustle and a crack of a branch, and she realised somebody was close by. She stilled and hoped that they had not spotted her, for she knew it was one of the jealous fisher folk, the ones who were out to get her and her lake. She heard them shout her name before they passed along by, not having seen her. The fisher scurried along and decided she would not fish that day. It was too risky. Instead, she hid herself away at home and decided she would fish the next day, but the next day came and she could not fish, she was still too afraid to leave her home, so she would fish on the third day instead, except she still could not leave the house, she was so very afraid of the jealous fisher folk and what they might do. She desperately wanted to see her beautiful man again, but he did not know where she lived, and she could not go to the marketplace to see if he had left any messages for her. She wondered whether he was searching for her. She wondered whether he wandered the woods by her lake, calling her name, following her tracks, looking for any sign of her whereabouts. She suddenly wondered whether the man she had heard the other day had been her beautiful one. What if she had run away from her husband-to-be? The fisher made a decision. She would leave, and she would finally find her beautiful man. So she ran once again. Into the forest she went with her lantern, calling his name, following tracks, looking for any sign of his whereabouts. She walked for hours and hours, and suddenly came to a copse. Inside was a bright blue light. She wandered closer. A great icy blue fire burned bright in the middle of the copse. She had heard stories of a fire such as this. She had not known to believe them, but it was here, before her. And she knew that it had the power to grant wishes. Great fire, she whispered. The fire flickered dangerously. Great fire. I wish to have the lake to myself. I wish for no other fisher folk to find it. A thin limb of the blue fire broke away and stretched out towards her. She heard a growling, crackling voice grumble from all around her, and it asked, Do you really wish for this fisher? The fisher had not expected it to ask for certainty. She paused, and for the first time she dwelled on it, properly, not with fear or jealousy, but with thought. She was a good fisher, and it was against the nature of the world for one person to hide a place from another, especially when it came to livelihoods. She was a good fisher, and even with the competition, she could easily outfish many others. She had guarded a secret which did not need to be a secret. "'No,' she said to the fire, "'I do not wish for that. "'I only wish to find my beautiful man and to marry him, but I shall do that myself.' The fire grumbled and crackled slightly once again, but before it did anything, a voice rang out from the edge of the copse. It was a hooded figure. Great fire, he said. I wish to have the lake to myself. I wish for nobody else to find it ever again, especially this fisher here. The fire seemed to enlarge as it spread a fiery limb out to the hooded figure. Do you really wish for this? it asked. The hooded figure nodded. Very well, said the fire, and I shall have you in exchange for this. And the limb of fire grew around the figure who threw his hood back in pain. The fisher could see that he was only a boy. The fire dragged him into its great body while he screamed and fought, but there was nothing he could do. The fisher could not watch, so she shut her eyes and cried softly while the boy was consumed by the icy blue fire. Go said the fire finally, when the screams had subsided. The fisher opened her eyes and saw that the fire was fading. It was small, almost embers. Her lantern grew brighter. She ran once again, hoping to forget all that had happened in the copse, but it was not long before she knew she never would. As she attempted to run to her lake, she found that it was not where she thought it was. She wondered if she had gotten herself turned about. then she remembered the boy's wish, the one he had died for. Nobody would ever find that lake again. The fisher wept as she ran through the forest. All of a sudden, she heard her name out of the gloom. She stilled in her tracks. She heard her name called again, and again. It was her man, her beautiful man. She called out his name, and called it out again. She heard hers in response. So she called his once again, and then... He was there, glowing in the light of his own lantern. She laughed, tears still spilling from her eyes. He took her in his arms and promised never to leave her again. They married a week later and they moved to another lake, a busy one with plenty of fisher folk to befriend. Thank you for listening to this story from the moonless world. I want to thank James at Big Dog Studios for editing the episode. And join me next week for another story in this series of Tales from Here Beyond. And if you have any friends, relatives or loved ones that you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. I'm Maggie Rose and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tales with Maggie and on Patreon. See you next week in the Here Beyond.